Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? So every week of the NFL season, you know, my schedule has been pretty much the same. On Monday, I go through my waiver wire targets, then I put out my buy low and sell high videos. Then the next two days, I go through my start sets at every single position. And then every Thursday and Friday, the last few weeks, I've kind of been switching it up. And so for this Thursday video, I thought it would be interesting to talk about bye weeks for fantasy football and how it kind of should affect your approach, how you view your team, you know, what players you should be targeting. And I thought now would kind of be a good time to cover this because even though we did see bye weeks in week six, we had four teams on bye and it really didn't affect a lot of rosters. You know, there weren't a ton of fantasy assets on those teams. It was the Falcons, Saints, Jets, and 49ers. So, you know, some of the big time guys there, you have Calvin Ridley, but he may not even have been back from his personal situation that he was dealing with. You had Kyle Pitts at tight end. Alvin Kamara was definitely the biggest piece. I know I have him in at least one league, so he was out of my lineup. But then you had guys like Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. The Jets don't really have anyone who's super fantasy relevant. But here in week seven, it is 100 times worse. We have six teams on bye. That is the most teams on bye all season. Every other week, it's either four or two teams. And not only is it six teams, but it's six teams who have a lot of fantasy assets, specifically five of these teams. So it's the Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, Chargers, Vikings, and Steelers. So basically, aside from the Jaguars, all these teams are just stacked at many different positions. At the quarterbacks, you're looking at Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins. Those are three stud, you know, solid QB1s. And Kirk Cousins is always like a borderline top 12, top 10 quarterback. Then the running backs, almost equally as stacked. Honestly, probably more stacked. You've got Delvin Cook, who's likely, you know, the RB2, RB3, depending on whether or not Christian McCaffrey's healthy. You've got Austin Eckler, who has a claim to be a top five running back. Zeke, who's also probably a top five running back. Najee Harris, who's a mid-tier RB1. You've got James Robinson, who's been absolutely balling out as of late. And then, you know, you have Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. You know, they're definitely not up there with those other five running backs, but they could be potential flex plays in deeper leagues. Wide receivers also have a lot of options here. Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Cooper, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You've got Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Claypool. Tight end, you're not really missing out on a ton of options, but that's a position that's already very thin. You have Dawson Knox from the Bills but he's dealing with an injury, so I don't even think he would be ready to play. And then Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. But I know, you know, speaking from personal experience, a lot of my lineups are looking a little bit rough right now. It seems like in almost every league I'm in, I'm missing like two stud players. And that's kind of how this week turned out. A lot of the guys that I was really high on going into drafts just happened to have their bye weeks fall here. For example, I have a lot of shares of Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, and Deontay Johnson. So I know there's at least one league where I have Eckler and Keenan Allen out. I have another league with Amari Cooper and Deontay Johnson. I think I have an Austin Eckler and Dak Prescott stack there. So a lot of my teams are just not going to be 100% here in week seven. But I think this is a good kind of check to test your team's depth. Obviously, you know, if you're missing like Austin Eckler and Najee Harris, who are your round one and round two picks, your team is not going to look good. And that's totally acceptable. You know, that's not because you have bad depth. That's just because if you're missing two top tier running backs, your team is not going to look good. But, you know, maybe you have one of these guys on by, maybe a Keenan Allen, you know, Mari Cooper. 
If your team is looking rough just because you're missing that one player, then you're probably going to need to make some adjustments, maybe trade for some depth. Because we know injuries are going to happen down the stretch, there's still going to be more bye weeks. Obviously, there's not going to be bye weeks in the fantasy playoffs, but you can probably bank on at least one of your players not being healthy during that time just because we know injuries are going to happen. And the way I look at it is that I always like to have at least one or two players on the bench that you can trust in your lineup, preferably two, you know, maybe one if you're in like a 14 team plus league. But I mean, two guys that you can feel solid plugging in, they can help you on bye weeks or when you have injuries in the playoffs. And then on the other side, you know, you may need to be trading for some depth, but maybe your team's looking great with these bye weeks and you can kind of attack some of these teams who have been hurt. You know, if I'm looking at someone who's in a similar position to myself, they may not be as confident in their team as they were just a week ago because they're down, you know, maybe two starters. They're looking at their projected points. It is not good. You may be able to acquire some of these players who are on by this week for a slight discount just because they're not playing. And this is a very short-sighted mindset if people are going to be trading away these people on buy. I know that if you're trading for these players who are going to be missing this week, it may seem like a small loss because you are just kind of lowering your lineup here in week seven, but it's for a potentially big gain because if you're able to get that value right now, that is going to carry you throughout the season. And here's the thing, every player still has a bye week ahead of them, except for the teams that I mentioned earlier, the Falcons, Saints, Jets, and 49ers. And so it doesn't really matter if you're struggling this week because of the buys. Every team is going to have those weeks where they're missing one or two of their big time starters because every NFL team does have a buy. And now I just kind of want to get into my general philosophy with bye weeks. This kind of applies to before the season starts and drafts, but it can also work in the season. I think a lot of people tend to not like having players with the same bye week. You know, they want to have their bye week spread apart. They don't want to be drafting players from the same team because they're going to be missing both of those guys. And you know, there's some merit to that. I understand the argument because I am in some situations where I may have Dak and Amari Cooper. I may have Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. And yeah, that is not great this week. But personally, I put zero thought into when the bye weeks fall in the season. And if I have overlapping buys, because here's the thing, you're going to be making trades throughout the season. Those bye weeks are going to shift around and you cannot base your trades off of bye weeks. You can in the sense where if you're trading a player who's already had their bye for a player who still has their bye week in the future, then you can kind of account for that and maybe get some more value. But I would not be declining or accepting trades based on the fact that, oh, this player has a different buy than some of my other options. And this is kind of the way I look at it. So just say that every player on your team has the exact same buy. Maybe, you know, you're just filled with players from all these teams who have bye weeks. And that means, you know, all of your starters are on bye. You don't start any of them. You're essentially sacrificing this one week, week seven, but then you're going into every other week of the season, 100%, you know, minus your injuries, but you won't have any buys for the rest of the year. So you basically gave up one L to have, you know, 100% strength throughout the rest of the season. If all your starters have different buys, then you're sending out like a slightly weaker team seven times. If you're, you know, talking about quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end and a flex, that is seven players, I believe, but you're not really sacrificing any one week like you would be if all your guys had the same buys. So I really feel like it evens out in the end. And that's kind of all I have to talk about in today's video. Just try to send out some offers for those players who are on buys. 
you know, see if the teams are starting to panic. Do not pay a ton of attention to, you know, when your players' bye weeks are. I personally think it will all even out in the end and you guys will be totally fine. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. You guys can ask me waiver wire advice, trade questions, start sits. I know there's gonna be you know some tough decisions there because there are so many players on buy. Trust me, I am dealing with the same things right now. But just let me know down below. I'll be responding to every single person. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.